It's difficult for me to speak after hearing Frances tell us of her decision to retire early, and I'm sure it's going to be hard for you to concentrate on what I'm about to say. But on reflection, and as Patrick has mentioned, I think it, the topic is very appropriate. It's learning contentment in Christ. And not only because of the circumstances, but also because each, each of us um, either has suffered or will suffer, in the words of Hamlet, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Uh, when life is tough, how can we find contentment in Christ? But before I start, I would like to say that as much as Francis said that it was a privilege to be vicar of Oxshott, so I found it a great privilege to serve under her, and I'm sure that you feel the same yourselves. You may be disappointed to hear that I have only two points this morning and not three. And secondly, you may be disappointed uh, that I don't have any earth-shattering revelations. But I urge you to listen carefully. Because what I have to say can change your lives immeasurably and may be the most important message that you hear this year. Now, you may say, that's pretty arrogant. In fact, you may be a bit less complimentary than that. You may say that I sound like a snake oil salesman. But no, let me quote Rick Warren, because I speak with confidence. As Rick Warren said in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, don't be afraid. Nothing under Jesus Christ's control can ever be out of control. Mastered by Christ, you can handle anything. You will be like Paul. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. That is, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And that's uh, Philippians 4.13, which we heard earlier, but that was from the Amplified Version, which I think speaks so much more powerfully. I've split my talk into three parts. The what the why, and the how. So first, the what. What is contentment, and what, it, what isn't it? Well, according to the, um, the Cambridge University uh, Dictionary, it's much more than happiness. It's happiness and satisfaction, often because you have everything you need. The problem is, you see, we're Darwinian which means that we programmed for survival. And when we program for survival, we want to maximize our chances of survival so that we always have more. In the words of Rockefeller, when he was asked how much is enough, he said, just a little bit more. Thank you, pardon. It's much more than, you see, contentment is much more than happiness. Let me give you a few personal examples of happiness, and maybe more than happiness, maybe it's even verging on a sense of, sense of contentment, maybe peace. When I was young, I used to play quite a lot of golf, um, and I have this picture in my mind of being on the 18th tee, and the sun setting, the beautiful day, and I hit my drive straight down the middle of the fairway. I'm happy. I also used to surf when I was young. And that feeling when you catch the perfect wave, you just hear the whoosh of the board in the water. 
and this, this feeling of, this sublime feeling of, of weightlessness, of the wave taking you in the board. I'm happy. Or when I'm on the top of a mountain and I look down and I see the sun shimmering on the lake below, I'm happy. But that can be gone just like that. Because my next shot on the 18th green, or 18th fairway, can go into the rough and I'm searching for my ball. The next wave and I'm dumped because I don't catch it just at the right time. Or I'm top of the mountain and the weather closes in and I can't see more than 50 meters in front of me. You see, happiness, and even that happiness with a sense of contentment is ephemeral. But in the words of a commentator, happiness, or even happiness in that, with a bit of contentment, depends on happenings. But contentment, the sort of contentment that Paul talks about, depends on Christ. It's not ephemeral. It's eternal and it's unchanging. What about the why? Why does Paul write to the Philippians about learning contentment in Christ? After all, there didn't seem to be any problems in the church. Uh, The church seemed to be going well. They were very generous. Uh, They weren't having the problems that the church in in Ephesus was experiencing, or the church in Galatia. So why was he writing about this? This was Paul's joy letter. Rejoice is mentioned, the concept of rejoice or joy is mentioned 16 times in four chapters. Why does he write about this contentment when he's experiencing such hardship? I think Paul knew that it was just a matter of time before the Philippians experienced similar problems to the to Christians in other, in other cities. And what he wanted to do was to strengthen their faith so that they could experience contentment whatever their circumstances. And what does that mean for us 2,000 years later? Well, I think it's the same thing. It's about strengthening our faith and learning contentment when life is really tough. So what about the How? And this is the important part. What's all right? The why's all right. But how do we do it? How, do we ma- how does it make a difference in our lives? And here are my two points. And the two points are follow Paul's example and follow the prompt of the Holy Spirit. And if you forget everything else about what I'm saying today, don't forget those two points. Follow Paul's example and follow the prompt of the Holy Spirit. So let me expand on that. What about following Paul's example? In the late 1980s, early 1990s, Stephen Covey wrote the best-selling book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Some of you may remember it. It it was a an amazing book, as relevant today as it, was, as it was 30 years ago. And the three habits are be proactive, begin with the end in mind, and first things first. And that was Paul to a T. He was proactive in prison, making sure 
that the, the palace guards heard the good news, which we read about in Philippians 1. He knew exactly where the end was. Living means living for God, and dying is even better. I long to go and be with Christ, again, Philippians 1. He was also very clear about his priorities, and it's these priorities which we can and should use to guide us. You see, he lived his priorities, and they appear in every chapter of Philippians. I don't have to, the time to go through them. I could spend a year do, doing this. It could be a very long series. But I would encourage you to, to read Philippians again. Because in every chapter, he provides that guidance on the how. So go through it and pick them out. You see, unless we're intentional about our faith, unless we're proactive, and unless we have the end in mind, unless we live our priorities, we won't learn the contentment that Paul writes about. We can spend our whole lives climbing a ladder only to find that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Follow the prompt of the Holy Spirit. This comes from an amazing missionary friend in, in South Africa. She's lived her adult life by faith. She never asks for money, but God always provides. Sometimes she lives, finds herself in dangerous situations. She's worked with Jackie Pullinger in Hong Kong, and she brought John Wimber out to South Africa. And she has seen the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do. You see, and I quote someone Hughes, when we open up to the Holy Spirit to depend on him and consult him, we receive the love, wisdom, and spiritual sustenance we need to live effectively and dynamically for Christ. To sum up, if we follow Paul's example, and if we follow the prompt of the Holy Spirit, we will learn the contentment that Paul writes about. Contentment whatever our circumstances. And with that, we will experience the peace that he refers to earlier in chapter 4. The peace that passes all understanding. When I was preparing this, I felt God telling me to ask if there was anyone who would like to share anything, perhaps an experience of learning contentment in Christ. I know that this is not very St. Andrews-like, um, and I, but I couldn't exactly tell God he was wrong. So I'm going to ask you now, if you would like to share anything, if you'd like to come forward, um, or if you want to stay where you are and we'll bring a mic around to you, I think that we'd love to hear that, because it's when we share that we strengthen each other's faith. It can be hard, but we, it's how we learn. It's how we strengthen each other's faith. It's how, faith, it's how we support each other. And while you're thinking about that, because you may not want to spring up immediately, in fact, you may not want to spring up at all, um, I'd like to share something, again, I felt God telling me to share it. I've never shared it publicly before, 
because it, it is very personal. But it's very relevant because it's about learning contentment and about finding God's peace. And that was when my wife Penny died. And there are quite a few of you here who know Penny, who knew Penny. But our lives changed in a split second. She was at home, she was at the top of the stairs, she slipped and she fell and she broke her neck. And she went in a split second from being a vibrant 71-year-old to being paralyzed from the chest down, unable to do anything. But you see, she had that, that peace. She knew, she was absolutely convicted about the end. She had the end in mind. She, she'd always had, she knew where she was going. And that gave her the most amazing peace in the most difficult circumstances. And what was also um, important in that was that it gave me peace. Because you can imagine, she cried, I cried, we cried together. Where was God in this? We didn't know. But we had that peace. And and it was... um, and that the fact that people were praying for us just uh, increased that feeling of peace. I, I'm going to embarrass Ron Stewart now. But Ron would he'd come across to the house and he'd say, I want to pray for you. And what that does for one's faith, the strength that it gives one, and the confidence and to, to know that I, were we content? How can you be content when you're in the swamp and the crocodiles are snapping at your heels? But yet in a strange way you are because you feel that peace that passes all understanding. And someone said to me, I don't know how you can believe in a God that allows it to happen. And I was lost for words. And I was really sorry because when I thought about it, I, what I should have said was, I don't know how I can't, can't believe and I think that's the difference that it makes. It's, that's when we when we see people who um, who are very clear about about their about their being intentional about their faith, about keeping about knowing that the the end the end in mind, um, and about living their priorities. The difference that makes to one's life um, is it's difficult to describe. So I felt God telling me to share that. I don't know if there's anybody else who would like to share anything um, about contentment, about anything that the Holy Spirit is prompting them to say. But if you, I'll just give it a moment. If you would like to, please do come up. Okay. Hopefully. This wasn't, um, this wasn't prearranged, no. This is genuinely me sharing. Um, I think... For me, I, I want to think about when we went, so Belinda and I went down to Bristol to train for, well, for me for, to train for ordination and how that um, shedding some of the things which might have been uh, how you would f- perhaps expect to find contentment um, at that phase of life might, we sort of deliberately 
moved away from those. So it came, we, we were living, I was teaching in a really great school in Guildford, a primary school, um, and Belinda was working. Um, we just had had, uh, well, Belinda was on maternity leave, actually, because we just had Jasper. Um, he was about... He was just about two weeks old when I went to the selection conference for um, recommendation for ordination or not. And um, we heard about a week later um, whether or not we were recommended. We'd bought a house, and so we had two secure jobs. Um, Our house was about 10 minutes from Belinda's mum and dad and about 15 minutes from my mum and dad. And we had a three-week-old baby. So we'd bought a house, had two secure jobs, family close by, and a, and a baby, and then, um, but we felt really called um, to move down to Bristol. So we we gave up the house that we'd we'd bought. Um, we moved away from family, and we gave up um, the security of of knowing how and when money was going to arrive into our bank. Um, because the Church of England, although they provide for you, they like to keep you on your toes. They, they don't like to tell you through training exactly how much or exactly when it's going to arrive. Um, so we, we, um, we just said, well, if we're going to follow Jesus' call, then it's going to feel like giving away, giving away those things in which we might have found security and contentment. Um, and actually, in moving away from all of those things, we found greater contentment than we could have had in any of that because we found it in Christ and following his call Um, and sometimes we can sort of wall ourselves up in our own worlds of contentment can't we of the things that make us feel safe and make us feel secure and sometimes when those things shift we we really need to rely on Christ we really need to say actually my where is the where's the bedrock of my contentment where is the foundation of my security And I think we've observed that too, haven't we, in Francis this year, that, you know, for many of us, health and our our health is a a place of of satisfaction, contentment, security. And when that's taken away, suddenly, um, it's very easy for us to to ask those questions, isn't it? Where's God in this? Um, But actually, we see, and hopefully we've seen, um, and I certainly have seen in, in the conversations I've had with Frances, that great sense of security and contentment that she has and Jolien have, um, in spite of those external circumstances being being less than what would lead to contentment. Thanks, Patrick. Is there anybody else who'd like to, to share anything? If not, let me close in prayer. Let us pray. Father God, we ask that you will give us the strength to follow Paul's example, the courage to follow the prompt of your Holy Spirit, that we may find the contentment in Christ, that we may learn the contentment in Christ that Paul refers to, and that with that contentment, we will experience the peace that passes all understanding. Amen.